Thank you so much. I'm doing something a little different here. I'm putting a little preface in before the episode actually starts. I'm doing this because on the 30th of November, I was given a, a legal grant from the Truth for Health Foundation. And I want to thank the Truth for Health Foundation and Dr. Leva Lee. Thank you so much for helping me with this fight. Um, you say that you're honored to, to help me in this fight. Well, I'm honored to be part of this fight with you on my side and for, for giving contributions to me to help with this fight. And this is the same group of people that has helped other people that you may know, like Captain Ritter, like Mark Bashaw, Bill Mosley. These are all just a few of the names that the Truth for Health Foundation has helped with. Now, if you are able to, please swing by their website and donate as they are doing amazing things. I've been volunteering with them for quite a while now. And they they are in this fight 110%. Now, this is the first part in a four-part series. This series is all about highlighting true leaders. These four leaders that I have interviewed are the example of what leadership truly is. There are two types of leaders in the military. There are assigned and emergent through sacrifice, their assigned leadership, they have now become emergent leaders. History will look back with awe on these leaders that refuse to go off the cliff with the rest of society. All of these four leaders have one thing in common. They have built their foundation of their life upon the solid rock of Jesus. Today I talk with former Captain Dave Hamsky, Airborne. Dave was an Airborne Company commander at Fort Richardson, Alaska. He refused to give the order for his soldiers to take the COVID-19 gene therapy. He also refused to take the gene therapy himself. And next week, we have another Jim joining us. Next week, I have former Lieutenant Colonel Bradley Miller, who is one of the two battalion commanders that have been relieved for the same issue. Former Lieutenant Colonel Bradley Miller was a commander at Fort Campbell, Rakasan and he refused to get the shot himself, and he refused to give the order to get the shot. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to start the episode here right now, but this is a very exciting four-part series of Commander's Call Relieved Commanders. Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigaloff was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigaloff was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigaloff. Well, thank you for joining me again. We have our Patreon supporters that I want to give a quick shout-out to. We have the Plandemic Reprimando uh, level tier, which is $17.76 a month that they give. And that... Those contributors are Sam and Angela Schelke. We have Perry. We have the self-made uh, $10 level with Kevin and Katie. And we have the refined, not burned level tier at $5 a month with Joe and PJ. I want to thank them very much for all of the, the support they've given. This has been a, uh, a difficult fight. We've, you know, my family has put in well over $60,000 uh, for legal fees. And we do truly appreciate anything that, that can help 
And I also want to say that if you look behind me, you can see this patch. I will have, as soon as I can get my store up and running, I'll have that patch available for purchase. Um, It's a good way to support me also with these legal fees um, because, again, we've we've sent quite a bit of money on it. Um, But it's also a way you can show your friends where you are, what you think. And, and you can join this reprimanded ranks. You know, they, they ordered us to be reprimanded. However, we've made it into the order of the reprimand. We've taken what they meant for evil and we've turned it into something good. All right, enough about that. Today we have Dave Hamsky. Now, I kind of stumbled across Dave on LinkedIn. Go check him out. He's got a business that he's running. Uh, it's kind of an outdoorsy thing. You might enjoy it. It's a summer thing. Uh, you know, if, if you can, spend some time with him. Uh, but let's learn about his story today. So, so Dave, you well, first tell me why you're why you want to share your experience publicly. Hey Sam, uh, thanks for having me on. Just want to start off by saying Happy Veterans Day. Um, and um, you know, my purpose for for being on, sharing my story, what my goal is, is to connect with uh, all service members um, at current and past um, that have been deeply affected um, by the state of our military right now, um, uh, especially with the, the mandate. And then it goes for both those who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. Um, and, you know, specifically for um, company level leaders and field grade level leaders, um, I hope that I can create some some thought-provoking discussion amongst them and um you know i'm not even gonna bother with bother with the geos they're too far gone at this part at this point but um you know i do think there's still hope for company level leaders and uh field grade level leaders to um right the wrongs that have occurred and um, i'm just hoping to generate and encourage them and one thing that, that I want to make abundantly clear is, because you, you kind of touched on this, but there's the jabbed and there's the unjabbed. And mm-hmm. and w- I don't like those divisions. You know, I, I feel I feel bad for people that took the jab, feeling that they, you know, being coerced, many of them being coerced, and many of those, you know, and those that wanted to get it, many of them lied to. So I, I certainly don't want this to be a us against them, because it's not. That's not exactly. what this is at all. I and, mean, we all wear you- the same uniform. You know, and, right. and that's what it's about. Hey, uh, we all wear the same uniform. Um, we have the same mission. Um, but but right now there is a distinction that's been made um, uh, unfairly. And, um, you know, hey, if we're going to get the mission done, um, we, we need to we need to correct some things and not look at ourselves as those who have and those who have not. Totally agree with you. And, and there's this idea in the military, you know, you're not you're not you know, Asian or American or Hispanic or black or white or this or that or green. We're all green. You know, I had exactly. a special forces patient who was in the special forces in, um, uh, in v- Vietnam. And he was in there before, you know, it, like the early, like the, I think it was the late sixties and he was African American and everyone is green to them. That's, that's how he, like it shocked him when he had a a combatant say, "How can you fight for these people when you can't sit at, at a dinner table with everyone you're standing here with?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. I mean, this 
you know, because he, he spoke Polish. This African-American man spoke Polish because he grew up in a Polish neighborhood. It's like color is not a thing. And we it's we're all green. Well, same thing with this shot. It's not vax unvax. It's we're all green fighting that. the same mission. And and the leadership has come down and said, no, you're different. Split up. No, you're different. Split up causing division. Mm. And many of us have bought into that, that garbage that we are different, unfortunately. Exactly. And, and we just need to, I, I think things like this right now, addressing that, that, that helps end, um, end that distinction that's been made. Um, and, and I mean, it, it shouldn't be our responsibility, but unfortunately we're the ones who are taking it on to, um, and, and right, like actively taking it on right now. So the guy build the momentum and keep that going i think you have a dog next to you that's not uh yeah i'm sorry they just woke okay. up <laughs> i think they were saying hello earlier mm. when you were doing a call out to uh shout out mm. to uh mm. to everybody so <laughs> so you know what that noise is it's not yeah um, yeah <laughs> um where are we okay so so yeah so and one of the most important things is why are you here tell me what your job was what you did and what put you in this position now that you get to have a nice long beard and you get to work for yourself? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, I was a company commander, uh, stationed at joint base Elmendorf Richardson, Alaska. Um, I commanded in, um, the, uh, it's now two eleven, Um, and, um, I was in third battalion, 509th infantry, the, uh, the G men. <laughs> so, um, I served as a um, company commander for a line infantry airborne company, uh, Baker Company specifically. And then after that command, I was um, selected to command again for headquarters and headquarters company of uh, the 3509th. Uh, and that's where I was relieved of command for refusing to support the vaccine mandate. And for the listener, like they don't just pick anybody to be a commander. It's one of the most challenging jobs that you can have in the, as is a company commander because you're you're fairly young typically. You know, you're it's lieutenant, lieutenant, captain, second, first lieutenant, and then captain. So you, I mean, you've been in, you've had three promotions. Mm-hmm. But the people who become company commanders, they are the ones who are who rise above their peers as leaders. So so what happened next? You were relieved and. And kind of go into that a bit. Yes. Yeah, so um, just a little timeline for you. Um, you know, about uh, March 2021, uh, it's, you know, pretty clear that, hey, the uh, the vaccine's going to roll out. It's already, well, actually it already rolled out. Um, and um, and people are lined up to, um, to, to receive it. And already there's talks that, okay, hey, this is going to be mandated for the military. Um, And I immediately just felt that it it was not right. I was had immediate concerns. You know, I thought, man, this is like really, really rushed. Um, I I even had, you know, a former uh, colleague who was on uh, operational warp speed. I, I talked to him about it and everything was oh hey like you know we were able to cut through red tape that normally happens for um 
uh, with with other vaccines uh, production. Um, but this is safe and effective, you know, the, the same line over and over again. And um, I, you know, started developing um, my my own analysis in my head going, OK, hey, you know, this is this is going to be very big. It's going to you know, it's, it's going to get going to be mandated for the entire force. Um, like I this just does not seem right. This does not seem this does not sit well with me. Um, and so, you know, going on through um, the months there, I end up um, then taking command of HHC in April. And this is after having had COVID. Um, um, I, I got COVID and, you know, I, I recovered, um, thankfully. Um, and um, from there, the uh, there was this you know, steady push. Okay. Hey, you know, go, it's available, go get now, you know, summer comes and I still haven't gotten it. And I think that there, that's when talks started to occur, you know, about like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, the vaccines here, you know, um, you know, leaders lead out in front, you, you go and get the, the vaccine first and then others will follow, you know, like we need to, to show our soldiers will do, um, what, what they should do. And I wasn't having any of that. I was like, okay, hey, no, this is not, this is not ethical. And, and then, you know, we start getting closer to the mandate date. Um, and it's very, very obvious now that people that there's a small cohort of um, officers and leaders who have not gotten the vaccine yet. And so I'm getting talked to um, just off the side, you know, at like breakfast and everything like, hey, Kim Hamsky, like, you know, um, what what are your thoughts on the vaccine and everything? I just tell people straight up, like, I'm not getting it. Um, I'm like, this is unethical. Uh, This is an experiment. And this is this is not going to work out right. And I, love, I said, there's no. I love that boldness, just yeah. straight from the start. Just I'm not getting it. I just, mm-hmm. I love it. And and you know, I had discussions with my wife about it too, where um, you know, I was like, I just don't feel this is right. I don't, um, I don't think this is healthy. And and she said, you know, hey, this is your decision. And, and I just love that respect, you know, like, and I think that's the respect that everyone should have had from the very beginning. Hey, this is your decision, your, your health decision. You can, you know, if you want to get the vaccine, um, you, you can go ahead and get it. You know, personally, I, I recommend against it, you know, for these various reasons. And my, my wife has a health background. So, um, she's like, Hey, listen, like, these are some, some concerning things about it. And, um, you know, but I'm not going, I'm not the one to make that decision. I'm the one here to, you know, support you. Um, and so I just thought I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get this. Um, it, it, there's just two, I mean, what about fertility risks? What about, you know, us wanting to start a family? Like what, all the things we don't know right now, you know? Um, so that's, that's the stance I took. And then, you know, let's see here. Um, uh, the mandate comes and it's like that week or uh, two week period or so after the mandate came out where they're like, okay, Hey, like y'all have, you have this amount of time to get it. We had a brigade run 
you know, oh, don't you love brigade runs? You know, it's. <laughs> I luckily don't have to do many of those very, being a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So at the very end, our brigade commander called all the company commanders and first sergeants in um, into a circle and um, very, very sternly said to all of us, like, you all will get vaccinated or I will relieve you of command or responsibility, whatever it may be. Um, you will receive a relief for cause OER. Um, you can get either court-martialed or um, dishonorably discharged. And he's like, we're not messing around with this. Just get it. When and was this? Like an honor about that, time. Uh, this is honor about the August... Uh, it had August been like 21. August 20. Yes. August 21. Wow. Yeah. Because so August just, or early September 21. I was in Alaska until, uh, probably like July of 21. And I think it was like in March. Okay. I had a, a my, my boss and doctor said, Siglov quit, quit telling patients not to get the shot. But sir, I've never told anyone not to get the shot. That's a foolish thing to say. I give them the exactly. truth as, as best I can. And he said, but you know, Siglov, you can tell exactly. them, get the shot. I would never tell anybody get a new experimental form of treatment that's not even a, a vaccine. It's a gene therapy that has ingredients in it that are not for human use. But okay, so yep. Yeah, so it's this culture. <laughs> exactly. And and I as as a doctor, I've seen many command sergeant majors who is like the enlisted right underneath the commander, and many commanders who use that same phrase. Well, it's not mandated yet, and so they they have this culture that's been going on for months and months and months that well, you better get it because you need you'll need to get it, and you don't want to wait in line and you know not be able to go on leave because you didn't get it because there's none left when it's required. It's like good that that is coercion at its worst. Yep. And, and I remember standing there and being like, okay, like if there's anything that tells me this is like, if I wasn't right to begin with, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, the bells and whistles right here. You know, I have a senior leader who's, um, I, he was pissed off. Right. I mean, that there's right. no other way to like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just remember, uh, and I like the guy too, you know, um, uh, and I just remember being like, okay, this is not right. Like this is, um, this right here shows like morally there's, there's something inept, um, about it. So I decided right then, then there, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm definitely not, um, I'm not wavering on this at all. Um, this is, I, I trusted my gut. I know that my gut is right on this. So, um, let's, <laughs> Let's go. And that was a really difficult day because that's like the day right then there where I knew like my career is over. So like even before everything that happened afterwards that, that I'll get into, I just remember being like, oh, like this is going to be really painful. <laughs> so there, there's something um, that, that you had, I think, inside you. And I, I don't this may describe this wrong, but this is kind of the feeling that I get. So I, I read this book a while back called rich dad poor dad i encourage everyone to read it. it's very very informative mm -hmm. and he's a ex-marine you know once marine always marine and it's all about investment and he has this one opportunity where he's employed and they said oh, i'm gonna pay you a dollar a week and he's like that's that's way too little 
And the guy's like, okay, well, what would you rather have? Would you rather have $2 a week? Or I'll give you $50 a week. And he's like, whoa, wait a second. The price is not right for the job. Meaning, why would you, why would you offer me mm-hmm. so much? Because that's not right. It doesn't, you're offering way more. You're trying to coerce me to do something that maybe I don't want to do. I don't want to sign up for. And that's the same thing with this. It's the price yep. is not right. And that's, I think that may have been what you were mm-hmm. feeling deep down is the price isn't right. Why are they trying? Wh- what is the driving force to get me to take this, even when it's not mandated yet, when it's experimental, when it's gene therapy? There's so much we don't know. And I, I think a lot of people have been motivated by like, they don't know why, but they just, the price isn't right. They're, they're trying to give me too much. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree, agree more with you on that because you know, of course, anyone who's refused has heard the um, the counter argument. You know, well, you we got all the other ones. Why are you making a big deal, big deal about this one? Um, and, and that's that comes back to what you're talking about with the prices right there. Uh, I even said to my commanders, like, you know, I would strongly consider this if they actually finish the phase four trials on it. You know, but hey, that takes about eight years total um to to be done and i was like can you and and this was one of my arguments that well, like one of my points that uh, i would share with anyone who like had to counsel me about not taking the jab is i said do you know of anyone who's had who's conceived uh, and had a healthy child yet um uh, after both or just one of the uh, parents getting getting vaccinated and that was always just waved off. Like, and I was like, "Hey, this is where I'm at in my stage of life, and I'm not going to let anyone, um, anyone interfere with that." And it, it was, you know, waved off as like, "Okay, like, well, we understand, we're like, we're respecting that, but like, you know, like, it's safe and effective. Like, it's not going it, to." And I'm like, "You don't know that." I'm like, "You can't tell me right now." And think about it. Think about the cohort. Uh, that we have here in the military. Um, generally, all these people have their lives, their entire lives ahead of them. And, you know, we can't tell them definitively, hey, this is going to mess up. Uh, this will either save you or it won't mess up the rest of your life. You know, like that. I, I was just so like, how do you all not see the ethical dilemma here? Um so, you know, m- moving on from that, um, you know, we had to do counseling. So, you know, finally, I think it was like a week or two later, um, you know, the date passes where it's like, okay, hey, you're going to be behind now. Like you won't be vaccinated in time because you didn't take the first um, shot. So, um, like, we all got sat down. And it was, it, this was like the second point at which I knew, okay, hey, um, th- this is not a ethical or morally sound order. And um, this whole entire mandate is, is wrong. Is my commander cannot give the order in a strong, confident way. Um, so <laughs> there is lots of you know, swallowing and like, like talking as if 
the he's reading off of a paper and he's just not doing it confidently. He's like, I am ordering you all to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine um, prevents the COVID-19 disease. And, and and he just like would stop and be like, um, and it was just awkward. And it was, I'll never forget because, you know, I've received many orders in my life and and this one stood out as the the weakest order I've ever been given. And and I've been given orders in environments where things were super stressful or super uncertain, but still it was like, okay, hey, I don't know if we should do this, but th- we have to do something and this is our best bet right now. And we'll be an airborne. <laughs> this order was and just so weakly given. Being airborne when you're in the plane and you don't jump when you're supposed to jump. I mean, that, that's an order to jump. And and if you, they'll make you like at least in the school, because I've done my I've done my five jumps. I I know, <laughs> yeah. There I'll never go. do another one. Hopefully, airborne. Um, but <laughs> they have you sit on your hands because they don't want you messing with your stuff and and making a problem when there maybe wasn't. But if you don't like to disobey exactly. that order, you must prove that there was a reason why you didn't obey it when you get on the ground. And if there's something wrong with your equipment, good on you. If not, well, bad on you because you just disobeyed an, an order to jump out of a plane. Like, that that's how orders are given. That's the magnitude of orders. You can get in trouble. And here he is kind of mealy-mouthed exactly. given this order. It's like, that's... Typically, it's jump out of the plane, go take the hill, you know, go do PT. Exactly. And so that that's what leads me to this next point. Um, you know, I wrote I wrote this down because I wanted to make sure um, I, I said it correctly. Um, but when a commander is giving an order, it's not just a justification enough to say that order um, is obedient to the orders from those above above him. So, you know, who whether it be a policymaker or a senior military official, um, you know, that it's obedient to what they're saying to do. Um, When giving that order, the commander must also take responsibility for that order. So what I think was happening with with some of these commanders um, is they were unsure of that responsibility part. They know, okay, hey, I've been told I'm just following orders. I'm being obedient to the chain of command. Um, But I think that deep down inside, um, most of these commanders had some sort of confliction with the responsibility of it. Does that make sense? It sure does. Because it just didn't so, seem right. Nothing is right about it, and it's not right. Yeah, and and that's where you know I think people they rely too much on the oh it's a legal order. Like I can't tell you how many times I heard that it's a legal order. It's a legal order. Okay, just because a, a, an order can be legal but not morally or ethically based, you know, not morally or ethically sound at all. And so, you know, you and I as officers, all, all officers, we have a obligation to refuse and dissent any orders that are not morally, ethically, or legally sound. And so, you know, that's what I really encourage 
you know, leaders right now, um, you know, especially our uh, company grade and field grade officers is th this is not over it, with, with the way that um, technology is being pushed and especially bio technology. Unfortunately, we're going to run into this issue again, unless something drastically changes. And maybe we're the beginning of the change here, but um, they need to be aware that the orders that they're giving have to meet those three criteria. They had to be and, and I'd argue in this order, you know, morally, ethically, and then lawfully sound. They had to meet all those criteria. And it is very possible today to have orders that are legal, but not morally or ethically sound. And, so, and, that and that as an author, you got to reduce it. That difference there, the illegal and the lawful are different. And a lot of times that's not well understood, but for something to be legally, to, to be mm -hmm. legal means that someone wrote down somewhere and some people voted on it and they made it a law. Now for something to be lawful, that means that um, mm -hmm. you are not infringing on someone's God-given rights. So what that means, like a good example of this would be, it might be legal to own slaves because you could have a law to have that like we had in our country at one point. But it's certainly not lawful. Everyone mm -hmm. agrees that, that is, that's a terrible thing to have. And, and we know that because it's, it's written on our hearts that that is wrong. And so that's the difference mm -hmm. between legality or something being legally correct and lawfully correct. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, uh, you hit the nail on the head there with that. Okay, and we had some more, I had some other questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, we talked about how you were, did we talk about how you were treated different for refusing? We kind of tangentially hit that. Yes. So, um, you know, when I was doing my counseling, um, specifically with the, the brigade command team and brigade JAG and all that, one of the points that came up, uh, or like there's just accusations that, you know, others who refused didn't receive. And so the main accusation that was put against me was I was holding up the, um, vaccine, um, the, the vaccination of the force and that because I was refusing, there were others, there are a lot of others below me that were refusing. And while, I mean, I hope this is true. Um, the, the timing of it was, you know, all those who had waited long enough and then got the first jab, um, weren't considered fully vaccinated. So they just said, Oh, this company has like, you know, 60 some holdouts. That's all because of captain Hamsky. And so, you know, that, that accusation that I was, you know, leaving like a little, um, rebellion, um, was was ridiculous i was like i'm like hey look you know um as soon as they relieved me and and i left the next day or so 
there was the second uh, round of jabs for for the company. And so, you know, when I got counseled again after that, it was they said, hey, look, as soon as we relieved you from command, you know, the, um, the numbers of vaccinated in your company drastically increased. And I was like, of course it did, because, you know, the other people who got the second, uh, the other people who need the second jab got it, you know, like, of course, you know, of course that makes and they sense saw you get relieved. Uh, uh, that the numbers. Saw- yeah. And, and so, and, and the other thing was, is the, those who, I don't know of many who were relieved or not. I don't know of any of the other commanders. I, apparently there's like five or six of us out there. Um, but I don't know of anyone else in a, in a position uh, who refused it if they were, um, they, they were immediately separated uh, from the formation and kind of like ushered away without um, addressing the formation about what's going on. So for me, um, the day that I refused um, uh, a second time, honestly, because the first time they gave me the order, they didn't say the wording right and then had the paper, the legal papers uh, correctly worded. So technically we had to refuse the second order. (laughs) Come back in. Exactly. And I was like, gosh, this just here right right here shows that it's um, it's just all a mess and not right. Well, as soon as I refused uh, the the second time, uh, they said, "Okay, you um, you need to meet with the brigade commander." So I went up to brigade commander. They already had the paperwork set up, and uh, they said, "Hey, you're hereby relieved uh, from command by." the uh, commanding general of U.S. Forces Army Alaska, which I thought was interesting, um, you know, that a general was, was um, relieving me instead of, like, my brigade commander who's, like, you know, actually in charge of me. So they said, you need to go back to your office um, and and clear your office out, and, um, and you're not allowed to um, be in your office without being escorted in there by the battalion wow. commander. And um, and you're not allowed to address your formation. So it just went from like, oh, you know, hey, hey, Dave, hey, Captain Hamsky, like, you know, like we respect your your wishes for your own health and everything to immediately like, okay, you're not part of this team. You um, you are a threat like like a prisoner. And I don't know if that was there. You were isolated. Yeah, exactly. And so. Exactly. So I think that was one one of the most painful parts of it was I was not able to address my formation of paratroopers and say, hey, guys, this is what what's happened. I'm sure you've heard through the private news network, <laughs> but um, uh, I want I was never for the opportunity to just tell them like, hey, thank you. Um, I really appreciate I appreciate and I love every single one of y'all. And um, this is what's going on right now. Please continue to focus on the mission, focus on your job, do it well. And, you know, just thank you. Okay. And I'll continue serving you 
um, because that's that's where my heart's at. It was I, I was never afforded that opportunity, which you know I will give credit to my battalion commander. He did later come out and tell the battalion or my company. He's specifically just HHC. Hey, this was going on. Um, he's going to be up at brigade. If you see him around, say hi. Um, and, and that's that. And I was like, you know, this is, I don't think that happened to anyone else. So that was a special kind of, um, isolation, I guess you could say, or, or segregation that, um, I, I would like to know if any other commanders, you know, went through, if that happened to them as well. And then but, did, did you submit um, any sort of, um, like, let's say religious accommodations or medical exemptions to try to, to fight it in that, that sense? So that's, that's a really good question. So no, as a commander, I did not. Um, and my reasoning behind that was I, I chose to be a general refusal because overarching everything I just said this is just wrong this is unethical and um, and and that's that's just what it is for me and um, you know I'm uh, Jesus Christ is my savior so you know as a Christian I thought hey submit a religious accommodation request but as a commander I thought what if my religious accommodation request gets accepted but one of my soldiers doesn't you know and then i i do have um some some health issues that um that some doctors say hey yeah you um it's a heart block um and, and so some doctors say hey you shouldn't um, you shouldn't get the vaccine because of your heart block. Well, as, um, a, as a physician, I think you should not get it because it has products in it that we don't know the full safety protocol of them, profile of them. The, the toxicology reports are classified and it says clearly on the safety mm-hmm. data sheet that these are not for human use. And one of them says not for veterinary use. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, I went to a civilian doctor who said the same things on the same page. He's like, he's like, first off, like, you know, you're healthy. You're, you're a young, healthy 31 year old guy. Like there's no reason for you to get this. Like you already had COVID you, you know, have natural immunity to it. You'll probably get it again because like, it's going to, you know, morph and everything, but you're going to be fine. And then also he said like, Hey, you know, you like, you have one of these like category one, like heart blocks, um, uh, which, you know, a lot of athletes have, have them. It's just like a little, le- you, you know, I'm explaining to a doctor, Wait, explain <laughs> just to a little electrical yeah. discharge. But, um, um, he's like, I eat, you know, even if you weren't healthy, I'd just say like, Hey, there's just no reason to risk this, uh, right now. And so, um, you know, I, I thought, okay, what if, you know, my religious accommodation request or my medical exemption request gets approved, but none of my paratroopers does solely because, you know, I'm in a position, um, a leadership position or something like that. I just thought 
I don't see how there's going to actually be any any fair um, uh, determination for for any any request. And you know, then it all came back to that I just still at the very base of it, I'm like this is unethical and this is gonna tear the, the force apart. We we shouldn't we Wait, shouldn't do it. So if I can interject for a um, second. And this is gonna be hard to hear because it's it's yep. it will convict many people who are listening to this who got the shot. And I and I don't mean for it to be that way. So please don't as best you can, but but use this as a way to to look at yourself. If you because there is you have a right to your own body, right? And if you if you in fear of losing your job give up your your god-given your constitutional given rights on your own body how can you how can anyone expect you to protect anyone else's constitutional rights mm-hmm. exactly and, and i mean that, that was the other thing you know in the position as a commander with with you know uh, these these requests, I almost felt like it. And I'm not take take anything out against religious or medical requests, but I thought that it would obscure the fact of the matter, which is it's wrong. You know, it's it's an experiment. It's um, gene therapy, like and and. We were basically letting them get, get away with it um, by not just outright saying no. I was like, you should not have an excuse just because of what you believe. You should not have an excuse, you know, for um, for like, oh, I have this medical condition. It should just flat out be no because this is unethical. And you have that God-given right to say no or, the, so, uh, you know, God's law or nature's law. It's you have that bestowed upon you not because you're a citizen, but because you're a human. And all those rights are protected by the Constitution and exactly. the Bill of Rights. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I decided to be a general refusal. Um, after I was relieved of command, I went in just for the heck of it to my um, physician's assistant with my doctor's notes saying that I should not get the vaccine. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go in there anyways. I just want to hear what they're going to say. So I signed up. Um, I uh, called my um, my provider, uh, went into the, the troop medical clinic, had my appointment. I was like, hey, so my career is already pretty much canned now. Um, but I really want to know, like, Here's my medical, um, my medical history. Should I get the vaccine? You know, I, I really don't want to. Like, am I someone who could get a um, a medical exemption? And he looked at me and said, "No." <laughs> and he's like, "It's safe and effective." Hey, listen, you know, I just had you know a thirty three year old um, die from this. Um, Wow, he's not said too that? long ago, and you know of the shot or of the disease. Yeah, yeah. And it, and of did the he differentiate it? Was it the disease after he had the shot? 
Um, no, he said he did. He said that this was an unvaccinated 33 year old that 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 died. Because they can also say you're unvaccinated if you're not two weeks past the second dose. So, I mean, there's okay. We don't know. So he didn't he didn't differentiate between that, but he just, you know, said like, hey, listen, like there's no there's no real viable medical explanation to go against not getting vaccinated. It's safe and effective. Get it. And, you know, I was just like, okay, well, whatever. Like I wasted your time then. (laughs) So, um, so I, I, I did not pursue any exemptions. Um, um, it was more so just for, being like, okay, I want to see what they say because, you know, I went and saw um, a a civilian doctor who is telling me like, no, man, like there's no reason for you to get this. You should not. And I've got the paperwork for it. Let me see what the army doc says to me uh, about it. That's, that's wild. Okay. There's something that you had mentioned to me before that I thought was a very interesting idea. And it's the, the Bathsheba syndrome 2.0. 2.0. Can you can you share that idea? I think it's it's hitting the nail right on the head. Yes. Okay. So, um, for for those who aren't familiar with the story of Bathsheba, there was King David, um, and he, he's um, he, he's ruling over his land. He's out on top of one of his um, towers there, and he looks out and he sees this beautiful woman, uh, Bathsheba. Um, who's who's over on another rooftop and um, he you know lusts after her and he finds out that one of his military commanders is the husband of of Bathsheba so um, you know King David goes on to have an affair with Bathsheba and um, in order to hide it from um, that military commander he orders that military commander and his army um, to um, a point in a battle where they all get slaughtered. Um, he knew that these, uh, he knew that his um, military military commander and those soldiers would would not be able to hold um, in uh, that point of the battle, um, but he sent them anyways. So, um, you know, li- later on he he um repents for for that um and you know we our military leaders they there's a couple senior ranking um military leaders who um have suffered from Bathsheba syndrome where you know they've been at the top of their game and they go and have an extramarital affair or they spend um, uh, government money in an illegal way, and they end up getting, you know, they end up getting caught, and their careers get torched, and it's all it's over the news, you know. And I mean, I won't name names, but <laughs> this has happened multiple times. You can, you know, just look, just type up Bathsheba syndrome, um, military leaders, and and there, there's unfortunately a long list of those who have fallen to this well you know it's that leader who 
is betraying others due to his lust or his greed. Um, what I notice is a phenomenon with the military leaders that, that I've talked to um, that that got the, the vaccine. Um, there's a, quite a few who said to me, I don't want this, but I need to get it in order to protect my career. Or I don't want this, but I'm two years away from retiring. I just need to get it. Or, you know, the, these are people, and I'm very, very much making the distinction that these are um, people in positions of authority. Um, so, like, senior non-commissioned officers and, um, you know, field grade and uh, company leader um, officers. They're saying, I don't want this, but they're getting it anyways. And what that is, is they're betraying themselves. And then those who are in positions of authority and ordering the soldiers below them to get the vaccine, they're betraying those soldiers as well. And they're doing it solely to protect their career. That's what I'm calling Bathsheba syndrome 2.0 is they, they are. And it's, it's awful because they're, um, they're not just betraying someone else. They're betraying themselves all for their career. And, and so, you know, I, I've talked to, yeah, for money and for status. And I mean, that's how can you follow someone like that? You know, if, how can you follow someone who's going to betray themselves? Like, I mean, that's a that's setting off some alarm bells there. Like, okay, well, if they betray themselves, they'll probably betray me. Special. You know, and especially for an institution that's yes. centered off trust. Is special oh my gosh! Doc, you know, he was telling me he wasn't. He didn't have a long tab. There's very few that do, but. Um, he went to a unit that was special forces and he said the the commander, when he showed up, he said, look, you can do anything wrong. You know, like people do wrong stuff, but if you cheat on your wife, you're out of here. It's like, that seems strange. No, it's, it's absolutely correct. Because if you can betray the person that you have become one flesh with, then you can betray anybody at that point. There is nothing sacred in your life. And mm-hmm. it makes per- perfect sense. Yeah. Well, good on that commander for, for having that, you know, and, um, to, to, to say that to soldiers straight up, I mean, the hits the nail on the head. Um, and you know, I, I had some conversations with, with some, some leaders, um, throughout the organization up there in Alaska. And like one of the things that, that one of them said, and this, this is a senior ranking army officer there. He said, if I get cancer from this, wow. then so be it. And I just like looked at him. I was like, I'm like, all right, say that to your wife, say that to your daughter, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's insane that you would, you know, because like, I mean, that, that, that rolls so much into it of like, okay, Hey, well, you know, someone's going to have to take care of you and just the, all the emotional stuff tangled into it. And, you know, uh, to to see that, to see our force just at this point where, you know, people take something out of fear, like, hey, I, I need to maintain this job. Like, 
I really don't want this like and just go ahead and take it I'm it, it, it it's really saddening to me we need men to be men women to be women to stand up and do what's right and if they don't want to do it then they shouldn't ask anyone else to do it exactly. and they shouldn't do it if they don't want to do it you should never do what you don't want to do exactly exactly and if you have something in you that's telling you this is this is wrong talk about it speak about it and um and yeah you just i mean we all have a moral compass for a reason so here's use a, it. another question that you, you may or may not want to answer you may want to be kind of um aloof about it and that's okay if you do but what do you think should happen to commanders that gave this order and if sure. you, again if you don't want to answer this no okay. i won't be able to <laughs> no no i got something on this one um they they need to admit that they're wrong and they they should be punished and so i think you know those at uh very senior levels should receive the the heart the not harsh the, the, um, the the full the fullest extent yeah exactly what the law allows for and what's what is just so they should receive uh, you know i think what they should receive is they you know getting getting sent out on their way um but at the end of the day all the way down to the the platoon leader they need to be told hey this was wrong and we need to correct it because when you don't do that, when you just ignore it and move on, that sets a precedence for this to happen again. And then even worse, for those who are that in tune with their, their conscience, this is going to eat some people up where they're going to be like, oh, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's people in my formation again who are now sick from this. And, you know, I was the one who, who forced them to, to do this. I'm the one who, who was part of the coercion. I'm the one who denied, you know, the religious request or, or made this, made life difficult on them. Um, and so at a minimum, at a minimum, those people, those those leaders need to talk to their formation and say, hey, I messed up. You know, and as you go out to chain command, I, I, you know, heck, I mean, can you really give go Mars and, and the careers of everyone in the army right now uh, or in the military? Like, <laughs> it's not realistic, but we need to we need to write this before it becomes another moral injury for the army. I don't think that, that I don't think that well, the military as a whole, I don't know if I don't think we can suffer another moral injury. I mean, we've, um, it, it, it'll be too much. So, um, and, and I already know the argument against it. Like that's, you know, ludicrous, ludicrous, like, um, the army and the military as a whole DOD would never um, would never do that because it would be a threat to national security it would make us look weak you know it would it would break trust I mean what's 
how, how are you going to fix this thing? Like, how how are you going to build trust? Already, the the trust structure is crumbled. I mean, I can't tell you how many um, soldiers I've talked with that are like, man, I'm just getting out. Like, I'm serving. I'm finishing up my contract. I'm getting out. No, no way am I going to um, re-up. You know, no way I'm going to tell one of my friends or family to join right now. Um, you know, the... the we need leaders to step up and be exactly what they're supposed to be and say, we messed up and we take responsibility. Um, you know, and I'll add to that. I don't know. Did you see that video of the midshipmen at the Naval Academy um, where they're talking about the honor code and li- living an honorable life? And he starts asking this. a question to the, um, the commandant. Okay, so, um, yeah, there's there's this video of this midshipman um, who uh, they're in an auditorium at the uh, Naval Academy, and it's all 4,000 midshipmen. <laughs> and so what midshipmen and cadets go through is um, professional military ethics education, uh, PME squared is, is what they call it for short. And, like, every month all the cadets and midshipmen you know, at the respective academies had to like do either in small groups or large groups, talk about the honor code and talk about honorable living and, um, and, so and, and, and talk about like yeah. things in order to prepare them to be leaders. Yeah. And so this, so sickening to hear these people talk about this stuff when it's like, but you're not doing it. Exactly. So this midshipman, you know, stands up, introduces himself and starts asking a question to uh, the commandant of midshipmen um, about honorable living. And uh, he mentions, he's like, as a midshipman with a religious uh, accommodation request in, um, how can we define honorable living? And even before he can finish the question, like we don't know what his question was, but we know it has something to do with, with refusing the vaccine and having religious accommodation request. And the commandant interrupts him. And, and the comical part of it is the commandant's like, I'm not interrupting you, <laughs> but he clearly is. He goes, he's like, I'm not interrupting you, but this is a conversation. This is more of a one to four conversation not a one to 4,000 because all 4,000 midshipmen are inside this auditorium um, having this discussion about uh, honorable living. And I'm like, ah, what cowardice on that commandant's part. You just missed a golden opportunity to really develop those midshipmen. And because they are going to need to talk about this, they're going to need to to face this when they take command of, you know, whatever um, group of sailors or Marines that they're going to be in charge of here in the short future, because this is an issue that isn't going away. And so, I mean, you know, I'll do a shout out. Yeah, exactly. How to deal with it, because this is. This is on people's minds and, and people's lives are impacted by this. And so I don't know if that midship. That's how they were taught. Well, Just in that moment right there, that would, that became the standard. Exactly. Exactly. 
Exactly. That's and and that that sits with people. And so I don't know, I'll do a shout out to that midshipman. Good job on you. And uh, if you ever want to talk about honorable living as it um, you know um, coincides with um, what we're facing right now, you can hit me up. But uh, go army, beat me. <laughs> yeah, but if you're out there, uh, midshipman, uh, give me an email to, too. I'd, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, it's after hours at seventeen ninety one dot com. After hours at seventeen ninety one dot com. I'd love to talk to you. There was a similar story at Fort Benning where there was a captain who they they had an auditorium. I don't know if you've heard this story. There was an auditorium. F- yeah, and this guy's like, yeah, exactly. He's, a he, he's he's a he's a friend of mine, and I'm not gonna say his name because I don't know if he wants it out there again, but. Um, as a as a field grade officer in an auditorium of everyone receiving a GOMAR or a general uh, order of uh, memo of repar- uh, memorandum of record, sorry, general order, uh, general officer memorandum of record. That's what it's GOMAR, and they're talking about the shot and they're saying things mm-hmm. that are clearly not true. And this this officer stands up and said, "You're lying. That doesn't exist." And they escorted him out and then later arrested him and. Yeah. It wasn't good, um, but but those are the leaders we need. Those are true leaders who will stand up against you know the, and go against the grain. That's personal courage. I spoke with Pete, uh, Dr. Pete Chambers a while back, and he said that personal courage is often more difficult oh, yeah. than physical courage because, like, yeah, everyone's going to do the same thing when someone's shooting exactly. at you. You're going to make them stop shooting at you. But when you're going against the grain, going against the leadership, and you can lose everything, that's exactly. And that's what we need to be teaching teaching these these young leaders um and reteaching our current leaders um because we're coming into a time we're already here we've already arrived into a time where um we're going to be challenged more morally and ethically than ever um you know the we'll still be challenged physically but that's that's the easy part you know it's too easy to to push yourself through physically um but it's the moral and ethical dilemmas that you're going to face that um are going to keep piling up here um so gotta prepare prepare them now for it exactly okay and last question for you looking back what would you have done different i wouldn't have done done anything differently um because i'm able to go to bed at night and rest and sleep well um you know i i miss i absolutely miss uh leading paratroopers because i love them i I love it i love the job um but i wouldn't i wouldn't do anything differently um i mean you know i don't think a a request for a court-martial would have been uh granted in my case Um, um but you know i think I think it was it was worth it. It was definitely worth it to me. And um, I've had multiple soldiers reach out and um, just tell me thank you. Or, you know, I have some that reach out and ask for advice and, you know, mentorship and everything. And, you know, those those relationships wouldn't have happened um, if if I hadn't taken the stand that I took. Um and also, like, just this community um, of people who are making making the force better. Like, 
I wholeheartedly believe that our efforts will will get us back on track. You know, I don't want anyone who's in right now to be like, you know, oh, we're the worst, like, and and just stop believing, um, like, and and not having any hope. Um, you know, y'all are in there. Do your job. Do it well. Um, but you know, have, have courage and, you know, hopefully they can learn something from, from us and and the rest who, who are going out there and going out on a limb, um, that, Hey, like you have it in you, you you can do it. So, but no, I want to, and that's one thing I want to, good. Well, that's one thing I want to say too, is like, there is forgiveness, right? We, we want justice because God is a just God. He's also a merciful God, but you can't have the mercy exactly. and the justice, at least exactly. the conviction and, and the stand trial and the conviction. But there is forgiveness. There is mercy. But at first you must go through the process of admitting and acknowledging that something exactly. wrong happened. And, and I, would, I would come back and I would serve again. And I would serve with the same people. I, I would, you know, and um, I, I would do that. But those those things had to happen first is, you know, we need to have justice. And um, and for some people, based on the level of responsibility that they t- that they take on when they give that order, they're going to have they bear more of the brunt. They bear more of what's going to come down and what should happen. So there's people who. They should no longer be, you know, commanding. They should no longer be in the army. Um, their their records should be marked permanently for it. And then there's others who, you know, they don't bear as much responsibility for it, and they should have to, you know, recognize and and talk about, hey, this is this is what went wrong with this. So, yeah, but there's there's always forgiveness. Um, but for, forgiveness is not, it doesn't come without, um, there being justice first. Well, you're, you're a stronger man than, than I, cause I will never work for these people again. As soon as I take that uniform on off, I will never put it back on. Well, because I, I don't ever want to get back in yeah. that position. I will defend this country. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I won't be doing it yeah. in uniform. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll just be like another uh, a short short step you know <laughs> like all right yeah, hey we gotta get rid of you again yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you me and the five other people yeah, exactly like, yeah. but also like if i can just do a shout out to any other commanders um who 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 are in the same position um you know i i would love to connect and just hear about your experiences um i don't know how many there were of us, but, um, I, I, th- I thought I saw an army times article, which oh man, army times, you can trust everything that comes out of that. Um, it said something to the degree of, um, there's six, six commanders who are relieved. Um, so I don't know if that was like battalion commanders or if they're counting company commanders as well, but, um, it, it would be great to, to yeah. hear their story too. And if you're one of those commanders and you, you want to use this platform, um, email me, same email, after hours at 1791.com. 
after hours at 1791.com. That's the year the Bill of Rights was ratified. Well, sir, thank you for coming on. I truly appreciate it. Um, where can people find you and find what you're doing now that you get to live with a long beard and get to be outside a lot and, you know, have the, the proverbial good Yeah. Life? Well, first off, thank you, Sam, for, for what you're doing and, and how you lead and um, protect uh, our God-given rights. Um, and then, and then people's health, people's health, it's, it's personal and, and it's important. And, um, we need those who are, um, truly gifted and, and know about health. We need those at the forefront to, um, um, help, help this nation, uh, get healthier. So thank you for what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm up here in Northwest Montana, specifically in, in Kalispell, Montana. And, um, I'm a fishing guide in the summertime on Flathead Lake. Um, so if you want to catch some some massive lake trout, uh, come out with uh, come out with us with uh, Flathead Lake Charters. And then um, you know uh, in the off season, I help people um, uh, maintain and improve their homes. I got a little handyman business that I just started up. So you know it, um, if you're transitioning out of the army, just it's tough a transition of any branch of service is tough, but you can do it. Um, so, um, set a goal and go after it, make it happen. Um, if you need to reach out, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just as Dave Hamsky and, um, and then, uh, yeah. So that'd be great. And that's how we met was through LinkedIn. Yep. Well, sir, I, I want to thank you again. And it's it's relationships like, like this you and I now have. I've been able to have these types of interactions and relationships with people all over the, the United States. And that is one of the good things that's come out of this is I've been able to meet some of the salt of the earth people. People that will get thrown into that furnace to be refined, not knowing they'll come out alive. But like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out and are better for exactly. it. Without even the smell of smoke on their exactly. clothes. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we got to do. And then, you know, um, uh, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, uh, good men need to hang out and develop good men. The same women, too. You know, good women, they need to hang out with good women. And, and we develop and sharpen each other. So um, that that's, I, I value uh, this relationship and, and the relationships that come from this. So let's, let's keep on making each other better. Yes. Well, thank you. And, and I'll be praying for you and your family that, that you have the success and the, and the joy in your life, knowing that you've done the right thing because it, it will pay off in this world yes. and in the next. Same to you. God bless. God bless you. Just a reminder for everyone out there, duty uniform of the day, the full armor of God. Let's all make courage more contagious than fear.